Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome in Ian Eagle from CBS Sports and obviously the television voice of the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, training camp for the Nets opens in, what, about a month? Yeah, right around the corner. Amazingly enough, the NBA season starts in 40 days and training camps are early October, but a bunch of players I know are in the Brooklyn area working out, getting ready. So that whole mentality of championship or bust is already underway. So they have a team meeting down at Nathan's or what? <laughs> yeah, that would make a lot of sense. Uh, I, I think I think that's a really good idea. I'm going to pass that along to the bosses. <laughs> they they have a state of the art facility, Howard. You yep. would be blown away what they've done. This is really the case all around sports, not just limited to New York. But part of the recruiting process is you've got to have a place where the players are comfortable and could spend the entire day. They want the players to stay. They want to give them incentive to stay. So great meals, great facilities, obviously the basketball side of it with multiple courts, but then uh, the equipment that you need to recover and then leisure time, whether it be a pool table, video game stations, you name it, meditation room, it's covered. And they they did it right. Uh, obviously, the biggest concern for not only the Nets, but every team in the league is health. And, uh, you know, the Nets saw their share of adversity. Uh, James Harden was beaten up. Uh, uh, obviously, Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant was incredible. Not only, not only was what he did last year in the playoffs, but his performance in the Olympics. And I'm flat out, with all due respect to Giannis, I think Kevin Durant is the best player on the planet. Yeah, it's amazing, Howard, you've been around this for so long, the, the domino effect that a result in a game can have in history. Because Giannis Adetokounmpo, he has earned the right to be placed amongst the best players in the NBA. But if Kevin Durant's toe is behind the line, the narrative is completely different following that Game 7. If the Nets beat the Bucks without Harden, basically, Harden was on one leg, without Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant does it himself, puts the team on his shoulders, wins a game seven, and they advance to the Eastern Conference Final. What do you think the storyline is during the NBA offseason? Giannis comes up short again. He's never going to win it in Milwaukee. Uh, they need a change of scenery. He's not a pressured player. All of these things that would have happened based on literally an inch, inch and a half of Kevin Durant being on the line. So I applaud Giannis and what he's done in the league and the Bucks winning the championship. Look, the Nets might have advanced to the conference finals and they wouldn't have been healthy enough to beat Atlanta. I think they probably would have, but the bottom line is they didn't. The Suns may have won the championship. We might be celebrating Chris Paul right now for winning a title and 
uh, having this moment of of reflection of what Paul has done in his career. Instead, Paul's gotten to an NBA Finals but fell short. Durant was fantastic. Health will be a major question mark for all teams, but especially the Nets, how they manage the roster, how they manage the minutes, how they manage the schedule, and if indeed they have a championship team. On paper, this is the best team in the NBA, Howard. Yeah, well, you look at the other side, too, and I'm talking about health. If the Lakers have a healthy Anthony Davis, then the Suns don't get as far as they got. You're right. Uh, because the Lakers were up two games to one at that point. And since the Lakers have basically half their roster has an ARP card right now. Uh, <laughs> and, and you know, I am to be, you know, not to make a joke out of it, but to be honest, uh, everybody's t- looking at that and saying that's a big deal. I don't. Uh, I look at it as they've got guys that are hungry for a championship, like Carmelo Anthony, like Dwight Howard. Uh, and guys like that that have never won before. And now here they are, LeBron James, 37. Anthony Davis has an injury history we all know about. But I think the addition of Trevor Ariza, Malik Monk, Wayne Ellington, Kent Bazemore, Kendrick Nunn, uh, and, of course, Russell Westbrook. And nobody plays harder in the NBA than that guy. Yeah, star power is what moves the needle in the NBA there's no denying it and I think what the Lakers recognized is you have a small window to win with LeBron James and you have to put together the best possible supporting cast that you can in order to get to your final destination yes have they taken some risks yes have they gone with a older geriatric type of roster they have but The thing with LeBron that we've seen throughout time is if you get the right mix, it's lightning in a bottle, and he's a locomotive, and it's hard to stop him if it's the right mix of players. And LeBron's got to be healthy. For the first time, we've now seen LeBron look human and deal with the things that other players have dealt with, careers, nagging injuries, hamstring trouble, things that that he appeared to be impervious to throughout the majority of his career. Well, as we know, father time is undefeated. So uh, I, I think it's going to be a really intriguing NBA season. Uh, the fact that the Lakers have star power, the Nets have star power. You've got teams that have certainly gotten better from last year to this year. And while I know there are those, and trust me, you lived it, I lived it, when you're outside of that stratosphere, it can get frustrating that your team can't compete and you can't get the free agents and can't seem to build the right culture. But boy, when you're in it, it is really exciting to be a part of. And last year's net team, despite not having fans in the stands, despite doing remote broadcasting and being way up high for the home games, it was still a thrill to watch these three guys operate Mm. the way that, that they do. Uh, if you're going to use impervious, i got to go get my th- thesaurus now. <laughs> uh, but, you know, the, the three guys, when they play seven games together all year? Yeah. Yeah, so you expect they're going to be significant. But then let me ask you about the word of the times, load management. And I'm wondering how much of that we're going to see, whether it's with Brooklyn or L.A. or any team in the league. A lot. A lot. We're getting back to normal circumstances in the NBA. Last year was not. Last year was, <laughs> I'll, I'll go back in time for you, young Frankenstein. It was Abby normal. It was not normal. <laughs> and 
because of that, teams adjusted the best way that they could, but they didn't really have the set routine to lean on. Well, now we do. Uh, we're, we're looking at a schedule that goes along the, the usual view of NBA decision makers on how to handle minutes, on how to massage it. With the Nets, look, their interest level, Howard, is not setting the NBA record for regular season wins. That is not a priority. For them, their only interest is to get to the playoffs healthy and build the kind of chemistry that they believe can win a championship. So whatever route that is, if it's circuitous and they have to do it a little bit in a different manner, so be it. But I would get ready and prepare yourself for a whole lot of whole of load management around the league, certainly with these teams that are that are stacking the lineup and trying to figure out how to get to the finish line hole. He's uh, taking a bite of the Big Apple with Ian Eagle, the TV voice of the Brooklyn Nets. I love the addition of Patty Mills. I think mm -hmm. this guy knows how to win. He has won in San Antonio, a two-year deal. Uh, yeah, he's been around the league for 12 years, but uh, he, he can play both ends of the floor. Uh, the the re-up of Blake Griffin was a no-brainer. The same with Bruce Brown. Uh, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie, was, was, you knew he was not going to be a part of the Nets this year. So yep. he goes off to Washington. But you recognize this, I know. The East is going to be deeper and tougher than it was last year. 100%. 100%. A bunch of teams got better. And to me, that, that's a good thing. You want to be tested. You want to feel like you've seen the best and that you've dealt with it and you've maneuvered your way through it. And if you're the Nets... They're going to have an X on their back. And especially now with fans back in the stands, there, there's going to be a completely different vibe. This is a traveling all-star team. When you go into a town, that's going to be a big ticket in that town. And with that will come very boisterous crowds. And to me, it's wonderful. It's what the NBA was missing last season. We got it for the playoffs, and, and it just felt like this release for the most part, from city to city to city, I, I did playoff games uh, in L.A., and I did playoff games in Salt Lake City. And forget it, Salt Lake City, it, it was as if uh, nothing had happened. People were, were there and, and ready to, to let loose. L.A. was still a little bit reserved just based on uh, some of the issues locally, and I think they were... They were doing a soft launch, so to speak, of fans getting back into the stands. By the end of it, uh, they had gotten a higher percentage of the stands filled, but at that point it was still in that 50% range. But Utah, every seat was taken, and that's what I expect to see around the NBA this season, barring uh, society going sideways again, which we know is, is still a possibility. But the hope is that the NBA is going to feel like the NBA again, mm. and with that, uh, you, you're going to get uh, a lot of competitive environments, and that was something that was missing last year. The Nets didn't have to deal with that. And when you're the, the hunted, that's a completely different feeling going into these arenas around the NBA. Uh, Miami is, is going to be a factor, and I knew Pat Riley wasn't going to sit still. So the, the addition of Kyle Lowry makes them markedly better, I think. Uh, getting P.J. Tucker, which will help their defense and their toughness. So Miami, which, you know, obviously went to the finals a year before last, is going to be relevant again. Uh, I have a question about 
about the Knicks. Uh, everybody in New York, as you well know, is going gaga over Kemba Walker. And he's, he's a good player and a hell of a guy. But he's missed 55 games the last two years. So yeah. you're throwing a big pair of dice that he's going to be healthy for the entire season. They are. Uh, I think uh, Kemba fits what they wanted. A popular player in New York, born and bred, and uh, somebody that the fans can get behind, brings a little bit more star power than what they had on the roster last year. But in terms of reliability right now, Howard, you can't. You can't go into the season expecting X, Y, and Z. He was a shell of the player that he had been last year. Mm-hmm. And Brad Stevens had to pick and choose his spots, of when to play him, how to use him defensively. He couldn't stop anybody. And I think you know, part of the issue, as we know, with, with Kemba is his movement. Uh, the fact that he can get from point A to point B and do it in a manner that can be slick and those hard cuts if he doesn't have that if he doesn't have the confidence to do those things you know kemba's basically a a jump shooter and that's not going to get it done so the hope is he can regain his form get back to the physical level that uh, we saw in his previous stint in charlotte but the Knicks did roll the dice, in my mind. Uh, this is this is not a guaranteed uh, he's going to fit in and lead them to the next level. Uh, they they still have question marks that they have to deal with right now. Yeah, I mean, the addition of Yvonne Fournier is a good one. Um, and But we'll find out. Uh, look, Derek Rose is there again. Uh, Emmanuel quickly, I guess, gives them somewhat of an insurance policy if Kemba fails. But it's a pretty big drop-off just in terms of running a team. Uh, let me shift gears and get away from the NBA into where you're going to be on Sunday, and that's in Buffalo. Uh, the Buffalo Bills favored to win um, certainly the AFC East. Uh, I don't think there's any question about that. Will they get a challenge from New England? We'll find out. Will they get a challenge from Miami? We'll also find out. The Jets are in completely a rebuilding mode, but I think they're going to be better, but I'm not sure the record is going to reflect it. Uh, as for Pittsburgh, I, I got the big question I got is what is taking them so long to get T.J. Watt under contract? Yeah, they, through the years, Howard, you know, they've had issues with this. It's not smooth. Uh, they, they don't dole out the big contracts that often, and when they do, uh, it, it's usually painstaking in the process. So I'm not shocked that it's been an issue because it's been an issue before. Uh, Palomalo had his own issue with it. James Harrison had his own issue with it. Obviously, Le'Veon Bell had his issue with it. Uh, This has been a consistent problem for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I have to believe it's going to get done. He did practice yesterday. That was a good sign. First time that he's actually participated in a real practice, not just doing individual drills off to the side. And the last word I heard from Mike Tomlin was confidence that it will get done. He changes their defense. They're an excellent defense. They're a top five defense. And considering the youth movement on offense, they're going to need this defense to remain competitive in the AFC. Questions with the Steelers. Can they get this dormant running game going? Is Najee Harris the answer? Another question, offensive line, uh, the changes made. This has been such a staple for them through the years. Now, all of a sudden, you got new faces. you got young guys protecting 
Ben Roethlisberger, and that leads to the third question, and that's Ben himself. In year 18, at 39 years old, turned 40 over the course of this season, how much does he have left, and how much of a pounding can he take? Even if he gets off to a good start in September into October, the questions will still persist in December and January. That's where the Steelers lost their mojo last year. This team was 11-0 and to start the season. They right. lost five of their last six games, including the playoff game to Cleveland where they couldn't stop the Browns. So uh, all those things are, are still very much in the equation for Pittsburgh. There's still talent on this team, but more questions than I can recall in Mike Tomlin's 15 years as the head coach. Well, I think Tomlin's a hell of a coach. Uh, I don't think there's any question about that. But uh, let me get back to Najee Harris. I watched... I don't know, maybe a half a dozen Alabama games last year. Mm-hmm. That that kid just blew me away. Uh, the, the proverbial Swiss Army knife. He can do it all. He can run it. He can catch it. He can return kicks. Uh, I, this is a clear upgrade to what they've had at the run, at the running back position. Uh, but let's face it, he is a rookie, and I don't expect him to explode in his first year and get fourteen hundred yards. So we'll, we'll see how it all shakes out. But I do like the receiving core as well. Yeah, no, they're really strong at the skilled position spots. The the troika of Smith-Schuster, Claypool, and Deontay Johnson, that's among the best in the NFL. They all bring a little something different. Claypool, big play receiver, Juju can work those underneath routes, intermediate routes, and Deontay Johnson is underrated and un- unheralded. You know, something that Mike Tomlin has done through his coaching career. He's found guys from the MAC. He likes the MAC. Toledo uh, produced Deontay Johnson, and here he is in, in year three. If you look at the comparisons between him and the receivers that were picked ahead of him in his draft class, big names. He's got more catches than all of them in the first two years of their respective careers. And, and then one last thing on Najee Harris, uh, Howard. You nailed it. Uh, he's an every down back. Uh, This is, in my mind, what they needed. Uh, I thought what happened with James Conner, they really wanted Conner to succeed, and he was a terrific story. Uh, He overcome uh, cancer to to play in the NFL from Pittsburgh, went to Pitt, emerged as a a real weapon for the Steelers, replacing Le'Veon Bell. But what last year showed was uh, he... He wasn't the guy. Uh, they, they were trying to make that work, and it wasn't working. And a lot of it, to me, had to do with the fact that uh, they would mix and match a lot at running back. And I, I don't know if that was because they didn't trust Connor in certain formations. The reality with Najee Harris, you could leave him on the field all three downs. I know Tomlin likes third down backs. He likes change of pace backs. They have to at least try to see if Harris can just be the guy and get back to the bell cow mentality that we saw with Le'Veon Bell prior. I and Eagles, CBS Sports, to be doing the Pittsburgh-Buffalo game. Uh, we talking about running backs. I mean, Buffalo's rushing offense was nothing to write home about. They were 20th no. in the league last year. I mean, Devin Singletary, their top rusher, did not have 700 yards. Uh, Zach Moss, uh, not quite 500 yards. Look, they lived and died with Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs, with an incredible season of 127 catches and 1,500 yards. Uh, I mean, he is lethal every time he touches the ball. So you, then you, you look at this Buffalo team. Are they favored to win the division? Yes, I would say they are. Are they favored uh, to meet Kansas City in the AFC Championship game? 
that seems like the likelihood, but I think there's some teams in the AFC that may have some, may have, uh, uh, wait a minute, uh, let's, let's hold on now. Yeah, the expectations are real. Uh, this is legitimate buzz around this football team, Howard, and I think if you pulled most NFL observers, they would tell you that it's going to be Kansas City and Buffalo once again in the AFC Championship game. They're 1-1A one one in terms of favorites in the conference. That's not to say that's the way it's going to go. But I think Buffalo believes they have a Super Bowl team, that they've taken the necessary steps. They have addressed some of their weaknesses. You mentioned the running game. Look, they could get by without it because they had Josh Allen, who is dynamic and is a threat to run the football and was a factor when necessary, although he runs much less than he did his first couple of years in the NFL. His season statistically was among the best ever in football history for a quarterback. What he did put him at another level amongst stars in the league. He's a bona fide star. They did add Matt Breida to that running attack. That gives them some speed. I think they felt they were missing the the potential out on the perimeter of someone busting a long run on their current roster. Breida, you might remember, with San Francisco and Miami. So maybe he brings an element that could change it up a bit. Uh, the offensive line is, is going to have to be a bigger part of it in uh, pushing the, the run game a bit more. And let's see if Singletary is someone that can get back to what we saw in his rookie year. He was a 5.1 per carry guy his rookie year. The drop-off happened in year number two. But I don't think they're going to have a problem scoring. I don't think they're going to have a problem moving the football. I don't think they were a one-year wonder. This has been handled the right way. They changed the culture. They improved their roster. It's been a concert combination of Coach and GM McDermott and Bean working together and really transforming this franchise. They have a chance to be good for a long time. They just locked up the quarterback to a mega deal. We're talking six years, $258 million. They believe they've got the secret sauce and, and they're ready to take the next step. Well, he's still not making as much as you're making, so, you know. Well, I mean, I have more jobs. No, I understand. I understand. Uh, They did uh, help their defense, I believe. And I'm intrigued with Greg Russo, who they drafted out of Miami. Uh, He opted out of last year, but the year before, in 2019, he had 15 and a half sacks. Uh, 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 We'll we'll see what that, you know, how how much he's dropped off, if any. Uh, But then in the second round, they got an outside linebacker named Carlos Basham out of Wake Forest. Uh, Boogie. Boogie Basham. Boogie Basham. <laughs> I knew you'd come up with a nickname at some point. Uh, he, look, I think their defense is good. We'll see. Maybe it could take that next step. Uh, we'll see how it all shakes out. But I want your opinion on, on the AFC East, which we have basically said Buffalo's going to win it. New England, to me, is, is intriguing because if Bill Belichick didn't sit home and watch the Super Bowl – and throw stuff all over his den while Brady was winning a Super Bowl. Uh, I, I mean, that had to be the motivation why they turned that roster upside down. In his mind, and who's going to question Belichick? He goes out and spends $160 million guaranteed on free agents. He's never gone that way before. No. Nope. And so here they are with a turned-over roster, basically. He drafts Mac Jones at 15, and... and Three weeks ago, he said Cam Newton's his starting quarterback. When I heard that, I excuse my skepticism, but I said, I don't believe that. I don't believe that for a minute. 
because I think Mac Jones, in some ways, reminds him of Tom Brady. I don't think you're wrong. Uh, I think there there's a lot of truth there, and I don't think Bill will ever necessarily acknowledge it. But look, he believes in blueprints. He believes in doing things in a way that can create success like he has before. That means you've got a system. That means you have a philosophy, and you find the players that fit that system and that philosophy. That's why the Cam Newton move last year made such little sense. It didn't seem to fit what their philosophy was. I think Bill was appreciative of Cam buying in and being a good team guy. I had them a couple of times last year, and Cam was terrific to deal with. He was thrilled to be there. He was thrilled to play for Bill Belichick, but ultimately he was not going to be the answer. To me, what's been pretty amazing, you alluded to it, is the fact that their stock has gone up so much since the Mac Jones announcement. I think everybody was a bit hesitant in trying to speculate where the Patriots would fit into the playoff landscape because of Cam. And now that Mac is in there, there seems to be this groundswell of support that New England could be a surprise team in the AFC and may even surprise people to the point where Belichick gets them back to a Super Bowl. Now, Mac has not played in one game yet where a defensive coordinator in the NFL has prepared for him and has devised a game plan to stop him. And we all know things change when there are bullets flying in real NFL action, not preseason vanilla stuff. So I want to see it. I want to see it with my own two eyes. Same thing for Zach Wilson, who I was really impressed with preseason but it's gonna be a big jump for these guys a lot is being asked when you're a rookie quarterback in the nfl you're gonna make mistakes you're going to see things that you had never seen before just based on the fact that nfl defensive coordinators are really smart and nfl defensive players are really fast and really physical yeah i think the nfl has a great sense of humor scheduling carolina against the jets yeah. This week, uh, you know, we we both know what the Jet fans are like, uh, and so they're sitting there. And if Darnold has a big game, you know they're going to hear it. Uh, but yep. conversely, if Wilson has a big game, I mean, we don't really know. But uh, getting back to New England, if people are saying that they could be a playoff team, well, if they get in, somebody's got to leave, and I don't know who that somebody is. I really don't. The AFC North has got three teams that made the playoffs last year. And I don't know if any of the three of them are going to drop out or Tennessee or, uh, you know, or Indianapolis or I just I'm, I'm having a hard time wondering where New England, who they're going to replace. Yeah, I, I would think of the teams that you just mentioned, the one that pops up to me more often than not that could have a drop off is Indy because we just don't know how all of that's going to shake out. Mm-hmm. And uh I, I think Frank Reich has done an incredible job there and very similar to Buffalo. He's provided a stability, and that's what the organization needed. Is Carson Wentz ready to shake off uh, whatever we saw the last couple of seasons in Philly? And is he ready to get back to what we saw his first couple of seasons in Philly? If he is, then they're going to be really dangerous. But if last year was not an outlier, if last year was the reality, then uh, the Colts are going to struggle. Tennessee, to me, still ridiculously talented. A lot of respect for Mike Vrabel and how he runs his program. He's tough, challenges his guys, 
but he knows what he's doing. He's a smart football guy. He's got really smart people around him. And look, changes were made. No offensive coordinator uh, retained from last year because he got a head coaching job. Arthur Smith brought a lot of creativity. So that's the one part that Tennessee has to prove. Can they do it without Smith? And can Ryan Tannehill maintain his high level of play that we've seen the last year and a half? You know, show me who's going to tackle Derrick Henry. Man, he is a, he's a hoss. It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> he's awesome. I mean, he's, you, you see, when he gets his hands on the ball, you're saying, okay, what do we got, 10, 15, 20 yards? I, the guy is, uh, he just, I love this term, and you've probably used it about running downhill. I, mean, mm-hmm. uh, I don't think anybody epitomizes that, you've running downhill more than Derrick Henry. Yeah, and the last thing I would say, you grew up, I grew up, if we played uh, flag football, tackle football with friends, and there was the one kid that was just bigger than everybody, you're like, man, I, I just try to bring him down. It took three, five, six of your friends to bring him down. And Derrick Henry's doing that in the NFL. We have the best football league in the world, and he still looks like he's a man amongst boys. Uh, Howie Temner. Yeah, he was the guy. He was the guy in my neighborhood. He he, he he was twice as big as the rest of us until we finally woke up and said, tackle his feet, idiot. <laughs> Look, go low. Come on. Read the scouting report. <laughs> yeah, like we had a scouting report. It was it was right next, it was right next to the package of Oreos. <laughs> I love it. Well, enjoy the game on Sunday. It should be entertaining. You got an interesting matchup. Uh, and uh, I think it's I think it's a very intriguing NFL season because of yeah. so many unanswered questions. Agreed, agreed. And just having the fans back, it, it's it's going to be awesome. Western New York, beautiful Sunday, packed house, people flying through tables. Uh, what more could you ask for? I got to ask you one quick question. Do you hear what Brian Kelly, the coach at Notre Dame? His attempt at uh, being funny. I did uh, I about did. about uh, John McKay's line about I was all for my team's execution. I mean, come on now! I remember John John McKay when he said it. I thought it was hysterical. It was. <laughs> it was. It was. But it's also how it's delivered, Howard. You're someone that appreciates the art of delivering a good joke. You could take excellent material, but if the wrong person is doing the stand-up act, they're like, "This isn't funny at all." So, you know, Brian. He just, he just didn't deliver it in a way that resonated the way that John McKay did. That was one of the best lines in sports quotes history. Enjoy your game on Sunday. Enjoy the season. We'll talk to you soon, my friend. All you right. stay safe. Steve, all the best, bud. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube